of what we started last week. Breaking free from the spirit of Pharaoh. Breaking free from the spirit of Pharaoh. Our foundation scriptures, Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Then the Lord told him, that's to Moses, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites and the Hivites and Jebusites now live. Exodus chapter 9 verse 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. And last week we said that you can't go to Egypt now and find a physical Pharaoh. They no longer have Pharaohs in Egypt. But the spirit of Pharaoh is still very much alive today. The spirit of Pharaoh is still very much alive, holding down the people of God today. And we said for the manifestation of total freedom in our lives, in whatever area you're struggling, where you feel you've been held down, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your health, and you're saying, God, this one thing, this is one thing that is in my life that if it goes away, my life will be so much better. I want to be free from this. If you have that one thing in your life, what we need to do today is to realize that there's something, there's, there's a spiritual cause to that. And that that spirit is Pharaoh. Not a physical Pharaoh, but there's a spirit that's holding you down captive, just like Pharaoh held the people of God captive in Egypt. And as believers, for us to always realize that everything in the scriptures, we have to realize we are spirit beings, first and foremost. And that you have to see when you read the scriptures, when you apply it to yourself, your thing is always to be asking in the, in the scriptures as you read, what is the spiritual implication of this thing that I'm reading? What is the spiritual implication for me? And so last week we said that Pharaoh... Just the name Pharaoh means the sun God. And also the name Pharaoh means nakedness. And that also that name means destroyer. And the last meaning of that name was the sensor. He's able to sense things because he believes he's a God. And it's the same thing as a believer. If you have the spirit of Pharaoh in your life, it destroys things in your life. He senses greatness in you, and so we hold you down so you never become what God wants you to be. He strips you of your dignity, strips you of your finances, strips you of your, of your health so that he will leave you naked spiritually. And so that's what we are trying to say, that God desires for us to live in freedom. God does not want his children to be in, in bondage, enslaved, and oppressed by the enemy. And so that is what we are talking about now. There was a scripture 
that I, I saw in the, in the scriptures yesterday that I said, wow. Because actually God had spoken to, to Abraham about what would happen to his children. And I want to read that. Why did God allow his children to be in oppression for 400 years in Egypt? In Genesis chapter 15, way before, this is 400 years before, God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 to 16. Listen to this. Then God said to Abraham, No, certainly. No, certainly. That means when God speaks. That's why I keep saying, when God speaks, God knows what he's doing. He says, No, certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. And we serve them, and they will afflict them for 400 years. This was spoken way before Exodus. Verse 14 says, And also the nation whom they will serve, I will judge. Afterwards, they shall come out with great possessions. I want you to listen to that carefully. There's a spiritual implication to that. That's why I underlined it. Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, You shall be buried at a good old age, but in the fourth generation, that's for 400 years, a generation is a hundred years in the scriptures. But in in the fourth generation, they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. God knew, just like Job, God knew that they would be in, in oppression, enslaved. But God allowed it. And for some of us here today, there are some things in your life that might not be good right now. But could God be allowing it? Let's see what God said about this. I'm taking a different angle now, but I'm going to come back to the one that God, I mean, no matter how it is, it's not the will of God for us to be oppressed. But there are some times when you go through certain troubles in your life and you haven't sinned, you haven't done anything wrong. God may allow certain things in our life for a reason. And we have two reasons mentioned in the scriptures here why God allowed them. God said he will afflict them, he will allow them to be afflicted. But he said afterward they will come out with what? Put the scripture back. They will come out with what? Great possessions. So if you are coming out, whichever way the enemy has oppressed you, when you are coming out, you are not allowed to come out empty-handed. That's what I'm trying to bring. No matter what it is, even if it's you that caused it, and you were in bondage, and now you've come to your senses and God has revealed to you how to come out of it, which I I will show us today the ways and the things to do for us to come out of this. When you come out, you have to demand, because the scripture says, you are going to come out with great possessions. Amen? Secondly, the Bible says in verse 16, he says, in the fourth generation they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. At the time, the Israelites, a little history here, at the time that Joseph was in Egypt, and he was the, the vice president in Egypt, there were only 70, 70 Israelites. When they gave them the land of Goshen, the first people in Goshen were only 70 people, the Bible says that. And God needed them to become a nation first. 
before they can go to the promised land because they had to be a nation to be able to conquer the different nations that we mentioned here. And the Amorites were the ones, particularly were the ones occupying the Canaan land where God wanted them to go. And do you know why God kicked the Canaanites out for the Israelites? I want you to read Leviticus chapter 18 when you get home. The reason God kicked them out, there were four things they were doing. Child sacrifice, in our day, that's abortion. Exposure of, uh, exposure of their own nakedness. They were going around exposing each other's nakedness. Don't we see that today? Homosexuality and bestiality. Those were the four things that the Canaanites were doing, that the Amorites were doing in Canaan, that God said he wanted their cup to be full before he kicked them out. And when he got to the point it was full, he kicked them out. A word of caution. We are living in a society now that is also doing some of these things. And as believers, you are not part of that. Make it very clear. You, are not, you shouldn't be part of that. You shouldn't be involved in that. And you shouldn't support whoever is doing that. Amen? That's why I brought that in. Now, when they were there, there were only 70 people. Listen to this scripture here. It says that by the time they left... They were in millions. Let me look for that. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. So when they were in, the, in, in Egypt, the Bible says all those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. For Joseph was in Egypt already, so it was 69 plus Joseph. And Joseph died, all his brothers and all that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly... They multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. So this is why God allowed them. This is why God allowed them for 400 years. Because yes, last week I mentioned, I'm you know, not sure exactly what it was that they did, but they did not commit sin. I want to make that very clear. God allowed it because God wanted them to grow and become a nation. And God also wanted the people that were in the land where they were going for their cup of sin to be full so he can get them out. So there are some times in your life, bringing it back to us, there are some times in your life you are going to go through things. It is okay. Job went through things. But the Bible says the, late, the latter years of Job were so much better than his former years. And we also see here God made a promise to them. They are going to come out with great possessions. And we saw that happen. So when we talk about the things that you must do to get rid of the oppression you are going to, because now your 400 year has come. Now it's time for you to break free. It's time for you to be free so that all the things that God has promised you, you too can go into your promised land. Amen? The Israelites were chosen of God and God allowed some things. The same thing in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. That's who you are. That's who you are. And it says, He did all of that, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. We are chosen. Our priesthood is not just to Aaron anymore. We are all priests and kings. Before the Lord. 
And we can go now as well. Go before, before Pharaoh. Tell that thing that is holding you down. No more. 2024 is my year. It's my 400th year for me to break free. Amen? So now, how do we break free from the spirit of Pharaoh? We are going to use the life of David and what we saw in that story. And if you, if you don't know some of those things, go back today and read the book of Exodus, especially chapters 1 to 5. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 to 4, the angel appeared unto him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush, talking about the experience Moses had. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses replied, here I am. So the first thing before you can start to break free from the spirit of Pharaoh is you must have an encounter with God. You must have an encounter with God. And may I say, your life as a believer must be full of encounters with God. If before this time Moses ran away from Egypt to go and hide. For 40 years Moses was hiding. Moses was fearful. He was afraid of Pharaoh. He was hiding until he met with God. And he met with God and that changed his whole person. He became bold. He now walked in to the Pharaoh's palace to tell him, this is what God says, let my people go. A man that was so scared that ran away now went back to demand freedom for the people. So before you can demand, go to Satan and say, let me go. You must make sure you too have had an encounter with God. And the Bible is very clear. Let me show you a scripture. Some people have visions. Some people have dreams. I do a lot of dreams. I do too. I don't know which one you, are, you do, but those are not the only experiences you can have to have encounters with God. You can encounter the word of God, or rather you can encounter God in this world. Let's see what the Bible says. I'm going to say that scripture real quick, and then I'll come back to my example I want to show you. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Then the Lord appeared to him again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. That is an encounter you can have every day. God can reveal himself to you and that's the best way you want to, be, to encounter God. Because when you encounter God in his word, there's a revelation and God begins to reveal to you the mysteries of the kingdom. And what happens when you have an encounter with God? When you have an encounter with God, it gives you a conviction that cannot be shaken. A believer that has had an encounter with God has a strong conviction that leads to violent faith. You cannot be persuaded that God doesn't exist if you've had an encounter with him. We see that with the disciples at the upper room. They scattered when Jesus was crucified. All of them ran away. But when the Holy Spirit came and they encountered God through the Holy Spirit, the Bible says they came out with boldness. And we see that again now in the life of Moses. 
When Moses encountered God, he gave him a conviction, he gave him a boldness, he gave him an attitude, he gave him so much faith that he was not able to go back to Pharaoh and make a demand to be let go. So if you are a Christian who doesn't have conviction, if you are a Christian that is this way today, this way tomorrow, find God and encounter him. Spend time in the scriptures. And before you open the scriptures, say, God, reveal yourself to me through the scriptures. And just like he said, how he revealed himself to Samuel, he will do the same thing for you. Amen? So you must encounter God because you cannot be transformed as a Christian if you don't know the God you are serving. You cannot be bold as a Christian. You cannot have strong conviction. You cannot have spiritual realities become true to you. So you know that you know that you know. You cannot have that if you've never encountered God. It must go beyond just saying a word, God forgive me, come into my heart. It must, you must have an encounter. God must become real to you. Last week, on Wednesday, Pastor Roy was preaching here about how we should not be afraid of death. Because if Jesus tarries every one of us here, we're going to go that way. It's a road that we all will walk. And one thing with me, I was afraid. To be honest with you, I was, I'm somebody I was afraid. And I think with all of us, it's the same thing. We're always afraid because we don't know what is on the other side. We've never been there. But God will always do something. I know for me, when I have issues like that, God will always help me and strengthen my faith by making me have an encounter. And I had an encounter when my husband was transitioning that we never, I don't care what anybody's, I would never be afraid of death again, never. That morning, that day before he passed, all of a sudden, around, it was probably around not about 2 a.m. or so, all of a sudden he just sat straight in bed and he started looking. I mean, it was like his eyes became like this. And he would look to his left. And he would look to his right. He would look up. He would look down. I'm like, good luck. What are you looking at? And he kept looking. It was like, I will never forget that. And I did this to his face like that. It was like, he couldn't. He just was still doing it. I would do that. He would, but he didn't stop. And I said, God, he's seeing heaven. He's seeing heaven. He did that from 2 o'clock until 5.30. I mean, the look on his face, the peace, the joy on his face. And after that, he closed his eyes. The kids came in, Daddy, will you open your eyes? He did this. Daddy, can you hear us? Open your eyes so we can see you. You don't want us to see your face? He didn't want to open his eyes to see this ugly side. (laughs) He didn't want to see any ugliness anymore. Let that encourage somebody here today who is afraid of dying. There's beauty. I mean, when that happened, I'm re- if God calls me today, I'm ready to go. I know I have work to do, but when my work is finished, I want to see what my husband saw that put that look on his face. Heaven is a beautiful place. That kind of encounter will change you. We want to make you do stuff as, as, to have that kind of experience as well. I don't want to be dying and be scared. I want to have that kind of experience, to know that there's something on the other side. Some people have visions. Adam talked about what he went through here. Nobody can convince this young man here that there is no...